Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 251. Today, we are skipping an NFL recap. We're skipping all kinds of things because it is Thanksgiving week and we got to get you some picks. So we're going to preview some games for NFL Week 12. We're going to give you our gambling picks for NFL Week 12. We're going to give you our gambling picks for College Football Week 13, along with some previews. we got a special guest in today again. My dad will be joining us because Chris is in Disney World. Let's quit wasting your time. Let's get to it. NFL Week 12 previews brought to you by... Whew, get comfortable. Tunica, Mississippi. The South's premier sports gambling destination. they got six awesome sports books down there. TunicaTravel.com is the place to go to check them out. So go on and do that thing. We also have a football picks contest, so you can win awesome Tunica prizes over at WinningCuresEverything.com. Go to the website, right up in the top right-hand corner. You're going to have a little thing that says Football Picks Contest. you got 10 games you pick against the spread. Real easy. You can win. So go put in the email. Knock that thing out. Let's roll. NFL Week 12. Thanksgiving week. For those that were not here for the college football stuff on Sunday, we have a special guest. Chris is in Disney World. And I am not Chris. He is not Chris. He is my father, Lee Seegers. Uh, He does not do a whole lot of NFL stuff, but he helped us out this go-round. We're going to try and work our way through this. Chris is the NFL guru. As they say, entertainment only. Yes, that's that's what this is. We are we are entertainers today. We will see what we can do. I watch the NFL. I'm not great at it. I can't figure out like it, it's not the same as college. You can't stuff happens that makes no sense. Like how have the Bills won three games this year? <laughs> it makes no sense. So, uh, but it is Thanksgiving week, so obviously a lot of you will be at home with your families trying to get away from talking to them. And one of the wonderful things that helps you get away from talking to them is football. All lot, day. All day long, from opening kick until the very end of the evening, you don't have to talk about politics. You don't have to talk about, you know, grandma's mustache or anything like that. All you got to do is focus on cowboys and lions and this year the Saints. So uh, let's go on and start off with the Redskins and the Cowboys. Thursday, 3.30 p.m. on Fox Cowboys minus seven and a half was the opening line. It's now at what nine? Nine's what I found. Nine. The over under is about forty one, somewhere around there. Obviously, if you're going to Tunica, if you're going wherever to bet on these games, the lines will change. Go talk to your attendant about it. They will give you the updated line. Alex Smith broke his leg last week. And on this game, the line doesn't matter. I don't think. I've seen Cole yeah. McCoy play. You've seen Mark Sanchez play. I've seen Mark Sanchez play. Yeah. Play the points. <laughs> Colt McCoy is the starter. Uh, this is for the NFC East lead. Like, the Cowboys have won two straight at the Eagles, at the Falcons. And they're playing well right now. Yeah, they're playing really, really well. Which Now, does this kind of say something nice about Jerry Jones, the fact that he is willing to stick with somebody like Jason Garrett when all signs have pointed to it might be time to make a change? I don't think so. It Does does stability <laughs> matter in the NFL? How about that? Certain places it does. Would Dallas be one of those places? Dallas is not one that's, of those places. That's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at. Like, it could, it, with the talent that they have, have accrued over the years, 
does does keeping Garrett around make them a better football team because they know what to expect, or should he go out and get somebody young? And I mean, obviously, they're not going to get rid of him if he wins the division. I wouldn't think. Shouldn't. Because Jerry likes continuity. He likes guys that he knows, and he knows Garrett, and he's kept him forever, even though, you know, it maybe he doesn't deserve to stay in that role. But what is there about the Cowboys that lets you think that there's going to be any stability anyway but if they see, make a change? That's a good question. That's a, I don't know that there is anything. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it is strange to look at this team – and and think that they have a shot at winning a division and going to the playoffs. They they have no real playmakers at wide receiver. Ezekiel Elliott, they never give him the ball enough. Now they have over the last couple of weeks. They finally figured that out. Feed Zeke and you're good. I don't think Dak Prescott, like I I feel like defenses have caught up to him. I don't know that this is not a great football team. And yet here we are. They got a chance because Alex Smith is out. They got a chance to win a division with six games left. Football is a mysterious it's, game. It, the NFL is <laughs> is a strange, strange beast. Uh, let's move on from that one. Let's talk about the Seahawks and the Panthers. The Panthers, three-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 47-ish. That's probably changed by the time you've watched this. Sunday noon on Fox, the Seahawks, number 11 in total defense. The Panthers... They are number eight in defense against the run. Seattle is the number one rushing offense in the league at 154 yards per game. But the Panthers are number three in running the football. Uh, Can Seattle get over the West Coast team traveling east for a noon kickoff? That's what I looked at when I saw this game. it. It is almost automatically across the board bet against the West Coast team, right? And you've got two teams that want to control the football. They yeah. want to run the football. It's almost a mirror image. Yeah. What it comes down to is, do you think Russell Wilson is better than Cam Newton? And that, see, that's... Uh, depends on, on better at what, right? Like, is he a better decision maker? Yeah, probably. But... I do feel like the Panthers have, and this is in my gambling pick, so go watch the gambling pick video. And if you're on YouTube, by the way, hit subscribe. Help us out a little bit. Uh, and chime in with your opinions, for the love of God. <laughs> we, we want everybody chiming in. Tell me what we did wrong. Uh, I think that Cam Newton has a better supporting cast around him with Carolina. I don't know that Rob Rivera is a better coach than Pete Carroll. Like Pete Carroll surprises me. Because we thought that this offensive line was garbage before the season. And, and now they lead the league in rushing. Yeah, and, and they didn't have a running back. And and now they lead the league in per-game rushing yardage. And that, I mean, that's a testament to what they have, have set forth. They, they got rid of some of the troublemakers, some of the guys that, that were causing locker room problems. The team seems to be playing together. They're 5-5. Five and five. The Panthers are six and four. The Seahawks are right in the thick of things for a wild card spot. They're they are not going to win the NFC West. That is the Rams. They they have about got that already locked up. But they're you still could, hanging around. They're hanging around. They got a shot. So and now they get to 
travel 2,000 miles across the country to play an 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah. Over-under is 47. I feel like this might be an under game. I think this is an under game. This is probably an under game. We'll, uh, we'll jump from that one. Let's, uh, let's talk about Sunday night football. The Packers, 4-5-1 at the Vikings, who are 5-4-1. The Vikings are four-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, at least at time of this video. The over-under is 48. Sunday, 7-20 p.m. on NBC. The team's tied 29-29 in Week 2 at Lambeau. Uh, the Packers lost at Seattle on Thursday, and then the Vikings went and lost at the Bears on Sunday night. Both teams coming off of a loss. Minnesota was my Super Bowl pick before the season started. And I don't know what has happened. Their defense has gotten a touch better over the last few weeks. They didn't really have to do... they Okay, they looked good against the Bears. The defense did. They got three picks, or three uh, three turnovers. Mitch Trubisky didn't have to do a whole lot because the Vikings offense with Kirk Cousins just couldn't do anything. Well, they can't run the football. And that's what's crazy to me. You know, you, you got an offensive line that we thought was really good before the year. What is it about offensive lines that, that you see talent and you think that they've got chemistry and and – Something changes because Seattle going from awful to good without a whole lot of personnel changes, and then the Vikings without a whole lot of personnel changes goes from really good to eh. I mean, this team was was thirteen and three last year with Case Keenum at quarterback, and had lost one guy off defense, and and lost very few off the offense. It's kind of the same thing with the Eagles. It's like you well. Your personnel changes made it seem like you were going to be better. And now you've kind of, you know, reverted back to the to the pack a little bit. What is it about offensive lines that can change so quickly? Teams have to be committed from the top of the organization to running the football. If you're not committed to the run and willing to stick with it and make it happen, you're not going to be successful at it. So the Vikings' new offensive coordinator is John DeFilippo, who is the former quarterback's coach at Philadelphia. They were, at, and this is such a cliche thing, an RPO team last yes. year. And I think they brought him in for Kirk Cousins to help out with the passing game. Yes. So when you bring in, you make a, a coaching change like that. When you to the passing game, then you, you, you lose what you got on the running side. And that is very frustrating. I think that's – so people sometimes forget that defenses are just as much in effect of the offense as they are just the defense themselves. Yes. If you've got a good ball control offense that holds the football for a long time, constantly gives you a fresh defense – Every time they go back out on the field, then they can make plays. They can make a whole lot of plays if the defense is out there the whole ball game. And I don't even think to look this up. Uh, but time of possession, I'm curious what the Vikings' time of possession is. I'm sure it's not nearly as good as it was last year. Wouldn't think so. And so, and Dalvin Cook obviously being out for a majority of the year, not a good thing. I'm not sure what way to lean on this one. I'm not going to bet it. Uh, four and a half seems like a lot against Aaron Rodgers, but. 
I don't know. Mike McCarthy has been so bad this year. <laughs> I mean, just in his in-game situations have... I don't know how he keeps his job at the end of the year. Even if they go on a run and they, they make the playoffs, I just don't see any way. I mean, they're three back of the... Well, two and a half back of the uh, the Bears right now in the division. And I don't see any way that they catch up to him. No, I don't either. I mean, it, it makes no sense to me how they could possibly catch them. Uh, we'll move from that. Monday Night Football. The Tennessee Titans 5-5 five and five at the Texans 7-3. and three. The Texans are a six-point favorite, at least at, uh, at the time of this. The over-under 41-and-a-half-ish. Monday, 7.15 p.m. on ESPN. Is Marcus Mariota going to be healthy? That is, I would think that's a key to the game. The Texans have won seven straight, and all seven have felt like they probably should have been losses. They were gifted five of them, and the other two were, I mean, against the Redskins, Alex Smith goes out, and they still like had to have a pick six. But they got to pick six. I mean, they got to pick six, which is what you were talking about with Colt McCoy. And I, I get you. Um, They're playing really good defensively right now. And, and, and they're not making several weeks. They're not making dumb mistakes. They're not beating themselves. Is Deshaun Watson like is he like a locker room cure? Like is because <laughs> the Texans were really bad without him. And I understand that like quarterbacks. This is a quarterbacks league. Yes. Early in the season, Watson looked like he was rusty. It was and obviously he was coming back from an injury. Yes. He looks good right now. He's not great by any means, but the kid just knows how to win football games. He knows how to lead. And when you have somebody that can take a team and point them in the right direction, that's the reason they call it professional football. Yeah. They're all good players. I mean, they all got talent, for sure. They just need leadership. Yeah. And need to be coached correctly. Yeah, yeah. And that's... All right, so the Titans did beat the Texans back in week two. Early. Early, early on. And they, they beat them without Marcus Mariota because Mariota got hurt in the uh, in the first game down in Miami. Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback. They ran a whole lot of trick plays, all this kind of crap. Can Vrabel do that again? As well as the Texans are playing defensively, I don't think so. I don't think it matters whether Mariota plays or not. You're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, we'll move off of that one. Let's go on and jump into game number five, and these are the biggest slash most interesting because there's not a ton of big ones this week. But uh, game number five, Steelers at seven two and one. They are second in the AFC right now. They're three and a half point favorites at the Broncos. Uh, the over under is forty seven and a half. Sunday three twenty five p.m. on CBS, God's time zone. Broncos were uh, they they were they were winners at the Chargers last week. Kind of surprising. The Chargers were seven and two. Broncos are now four and six. They were three and six going into that game. The uh, Steelers came back from a sixteen to nothing deficit at Jacksonville last week with about two minutes left in the third quarter. The only issue that I see because obviously the Steelers have never had good uh, results really when they go to Denver to play. Like, no. high altitude kind of changes everything. It's going to be really cold. I mean, Pittsburgh's used to it being cold. But uh, the other side of this is Denver is the number 22 team in total defense. 
And against the Steelers, like they will find a weakness. And and uh, Roby is is out the the star cornerback for Denver. He played, I think, sixty of the seventy six snaps against uh, the Chargers last week, and he is out in concussion protocol now. So he is uh, about seventy five, eighty percent not going to play. And if you got Antonio Brown and Juju Smith Schuster, that could be a problem. When they were already not great on defense anyway. Sometimes the Steelers just kind of show up late. <laughs> they just decide, eh, I think we might play today. Like, we might we might decide to play. I was trying to keep up with them the other day, and I, I checked, and they had the football at their own 30-yard line with a minute and 45 seconds left. So I flipped it off <laughs> and forgot about it. And, then, and the next thing I know, they have won the ball game. They've won the ball game. I so I turned that game on. Uh, late when it so I record all of them on YouTube TV, which by the way, and we don't get paid for the YouTube TV stuff, but that is the best thing that's ever been invented. If if y'all don't have it, you need to go get it. It's awesome. I can DVR everything, like it's unlimited DVR. So so I've got it set to DVR every NFL game that comes on, every college football game that comes on, so that I can go back and watch whenever something is interesting in case I missed it. So I went back and just, before I even knew about a final score, I just went back and watched from the time that it was 16 to nothing. Because when I turned it on, the Steelers were driving for the win. So I just went back and said, well, when did they, like, what happened? They were down 16 to nothing late in the third quarter. Yeah. And then you just watch them, like, decide, okay, yeah, we're going to show up. It's time to play now. And Jacksonville, which, and, and we're not even discussing Jacksonville today, but good gracious. The Jaguars, Ben Roethlisberger talked about this in his postgame press conference where he was discussing, like, all of the guys that were counting his interceptions and like letting him know when he made a boneheaded play. And it was all of the guys from the Jags that were just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for a three and seven football team to be talking trash, that just blows my mind. <laughs> like I have, I, I have no idea why they would think that's a good idea. But is that not the same team that put the Steelers out of the playoffs last year? It, yes, it was. But this year is is a different year. It's a different year. And now I think stylistically, like that's a that's a bad matchup for the Steelers. Yes. Like for whatever reason, they just it, it, the Jags can be complete crap, but they are always going to play the Steelers tough because it's stylistically a challenge. Yeah. But man, I am that floored me. That floored me. <laughs> Uh, so as far as the Steelers and the Broncos go, I don't think the Broncos have the defense to to be able to hang in this one, but I have seen crazier things happen. So I'm not going to make a pick on this one. But if I had to go one way, I'd go the Steelers minus three and a half on that. The Steelers are hot right now. Yeah, they, they are. And, and while they didn't look it on Saturday, uh, they did push the closing line. So <laughs> like they didn't lose. Um, but if you bet them early in the week at six, yeah, you, you lost that one. <laughs> Uh, honorable mention games: the Bears minus three and a half at the Lions. The Bears are seven and three. The Lions are four and six. Over under is forty six and a half on this one. That is Thanksgiving Day, eleven thirty a.m. on CBS. 
feel kind of good about the Bears. They're uh, they're on a bit of a hot streak right now. Their offense is kind. They're doing what they're supposed to do when you've got a defense that is as dominant as this one. Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, like that bunch, and that that front seven is just unreal. Like for along with Matt Nagy, Nagy, however you say his name, uh, they brought in this new coach who's an offensive guy. They brought him in for Mitch Trubisky. For them to flip that defense around and just be as as dominant as they have been, that is that is impressive. They are very good. The Dolphins. Uh, or no, no, no. Let's let's move to uh, Thursday night. Let's stick on Thanksgiving. Thursday night, Falcons at the Saints. Saints minus thirteen. Over unders fifty nine. It's Thursday, seven twenty p.m. That is the NBC game. The Saints have won and covered eight straight games. That is insane. Now they've they've won nine straight. I'm sorry, they've covered eight straight because they didn't cover against the Browns in Week Two. But man, this team is red hot. Like this is the hottest team in the NFL right now. Uh, Thirteen. I don't know if that's enough points. I just don't I feel like even against the Falcons with a really good offense. The Saints' defense has been pretty lights out, but nothing compared to what their offense is because they are. The last two weeks, yeah. they've been averaging 50 points a week. I mean, they put up 48 on the Eagles last week and then 51 on the Bengals on the road the week before. And the Falcons have kind of The Falcons flipped. are terrible on defense. Terrible. Awful. Uh, last two games in the honorable mention, Dolphins at the Colts. Both teams 5-5, five and five, but two teams headed in completely different directions. The Colts, uh, minus 10 is the line right now. The over-under is 51. It's Sunday, 325 p.m. on CBS. That will be interesting to see whether or not Andrew Luck's hot streak continues rolling or not. Brock Eisweiler uh, looked decent for the first couple of weeks that he was in with the Dolphins, but right now they need Ryan Tannehill back so bad. Brock, he's still Brock Eisweiler. He's still Brock Eisweiler. He's not a, a good quarterback. Good gracious. But in this league right now, he could end up making you know $13 million next year as a backup somewhere. So as long as he's serviceable, if you got a decent defense, he might be all right. The Browns at the Bengals are the last game. I don't really know why I put this as an honorable mention. I think it's interesting just to see what the Browns do right now. Uh, this offense under Freddie Kitchens has been pretty good the last couple of weeks. Uh, week one was uh, was a test. Like we'll just see, but but then you know they uh, they showed up pretty well against the Falcons. Um, Whew. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this one. The Bengals are, are headed in the wrong direction, but they are three-point favorites at home against the Browns. The over-under is 47.5. It is Sunday at noon on CBS. I just want to see what Baker Mayfield does. Like I think that's what everybody wants. Like it, they, This game is interesting because of him. Just let me be entertained. That, exactly. Entertain me. Like, Baker, do something. And and he will do something in this game that will that will make you go, huh. Okay, like that's why they fired the coach. Like they they want this dude running the uh, the team. Okay, all right, I got it. So, did you see where they wanted to interview Condoleezza Rice? <laughs> I give up. So, and and they're gonna interview Greg Williams for the job, right? Greg Williams is is certifiably insane. Like, no, that will not happen. So I don't know who's going to be their coach. I, they will probably go hire Lincoln Riley or somebody along those lines. But just shut up talking to the media about 
Condi Rice and Greg Williams and whatnot, you know they ain't going to get the job. All right, that's going to wrap up the NFL Week 12 preview. We gave you the information that you need to be a winner. Go down to Tunica, Mississippi. Put some action on your favorite games. They got six awesome sports books. TunicaTravel.com is the place to go to get more information. And as always, head over to WinningCuresEverything.com to get everything you need on us. Hit us on Facebook. Hit us on Twitter. Leave some comments. Let us know what we got wrong. We'll see you guys on the next one. NFL Week 12 Gambling Picks brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six awesome sports books down there. Samstown, Hollywood, Fitz Casino, First Jackpot, Gold Strike, Horseshoe Casino. All awesome. You can find more information on them over at tunicatravel.com. Last week in our football picks contest, Bradford W. from Bartlett, Tennessee, went 8-2, and two, hit the tiebreaker. He wins the contest. He got two nights at Sam's Town. And what, $50 in slot play? I think something like that. You can win this week, though. Football picks contest over at winningcureseverything.com. It's right up in the top right corner. Go check that bad boy out. Last week, I went one and four. It was a bloodbath. And I'm not Chris, so it I was didn't know anything. That's a, yeah, yeah. This is my father, by the way. Chris is in Disney World. For anybody that is watching and did not know, that's what's up. Chris, however, before he went to Disney World, he won some money. He went 3-2 and two last week. It's a train wreck. I am awful at NFL picks. 26-27-2 on the year. I was better last year. I was a lot better last year. Like, I, I was above 500 last year. Like, really good. Uh, Chris is 31-21-3 against then, the spread. Then Chris needs to be here. <laughs> Chris, and, and we will have Chris's picks on here at the end of the video. He is going to send us picks from Disney World, and I'm going to toss it in. So, uh, I'll go on and start mine off first. I got a good feeling I'm going to get back off the schneid this week. Because the week before I went one and four, I went three, one and one. Like I had worked my way back up. I had been below 500 for multiple weeks. And then I had m several weeks in a row that were really good. I had a four and one week. I had a three, one and one week. And now one and four gets me back below 500. So I'm only one game back though. Look, I got to go three and two just to get back to 500. I can do it. I'm feeling even better than that though. Five and oh, baby. I'm doing that this week. Bears minus three at the Lions. That is Thanksgiving Day, 11.30 a.m. The Bears have covered four straight, including a 34-22 win over this same Lions team two weeks ago. Before covering against the Panthers last week, the Lions had failed to cover in three straight games. Lions defense is really bad, and the offense, uh, Matt Stafford likes to turn the football over, and the Bears like to take it. Eddie Jackson, he has been returning picks all year. Well, really, in his entire career. Yes. Dating back to Alabama. That's what he does. I think the Bears are going to stop this Lions team. Trubisky keeps getting better and better. Yeah. And, and, and he, so he had a couple of picks against the Vikings. But, but he's turning into a leader. Yeah, he's turning into a better player. And I like him. I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, Anthony Miller, wide receiver. That's a playmaker right there. Touchdown machine. ATM. Um, I like the Bears here. Bears minus three at the Lions. Take the Bears all day. What you got? The Bears won by a dozen 
two weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> same game. What's same changed? Game. Nothing's changed. I mean, I understand it's on the road. It's at the Lions. Uh, but the Lions have been dreadful at home on Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, I don't like the Bears having to go on a short week, but the what makes this different is it is a team that you just played. Yes. Like it you will be less than work. it'll be less than two weeks removed. Yeah. So if you don't have to worry about the prep work, it's the same game. You're just playing it in a dome this time. Which might actually help out Matt Stafford maybe a little bit, but it not to make up that much. Three points is, is not near enough here. Uh game number two for me. I got the Falcons at the Saints. I'm taking the Saints minus 13 and a half. I understand that that is a lot of points. Last week, I took the Eagles because I thought that was a lot of points. I was dead wrong. I was I was 41 points wrong. That was just awful. New Orleans has covered eight straight. The last seven, uh, last seven games that they have won by an average of 39 to 19. The Falcons keep losing to crap teams. Their defense, they keep losing guys. I... There is nothing stylistically that they can do. They can't stop anybody. They, they can't, certainly are not going to stop the Saints. And and they're not going to be able to score enough points. I understand that the Falcons are a, a high-scoring team, or at least they would lead you to believe that because they got the talent, right? Yeah. But a couple of weeks ago when I said that I felt like Steve Sarkeesian had turned the corner, I jinxed him. Yeah, he turned the wrong corner. <laughs> he, he turned another corner, and he went right in the crapper. Uh, Saints minus 13 and a half. I've got them under two touchdowns. I don't think that's enough. I think the Saints at home absolutely roll Atlanta this week. Uh, they are the hottest team I think I may have ever seen. Like, I, I just in the grand scheme of, like, the past decade of watching hot NFL teams, this is another level. Drew Brees is 39 years old. Like, what is this? <laughs> He is. This is like the highest quarterback rating in league history. What he's doing, nobody can stop him. And they're talking about this dude was going to retire after this year. He might still do it. He could win a Super Bowl and just ride out into the sunset. But why? But he sure is having fun. Oh man! Like why would you leave this? Like this team is set up for really any quarterback to be able to win. But Drew Brees is, you know, it, like. Tua Tongavailoa at Alabama reminds me of him a little bit because his passes are so ridiculously accurate. Like he's he is five foot ten. He he may not even be that tall, but he can see the field better than anybody in the NFL right now. Like and that includes Tom Brady. He is just on another level. Uh, Saints minus thirteen and a half is is my pick. What's uh, what's game number two for you? I've got the same thing. Do you? Same thing. I'm on a Thanksgiving feast. <laughs> all right, so all the same reasoning, I would assume, right? Yes. yes. Do you have any stats with yours? Other than the Falcons just can't ever stop the Saints. No. We've I mean, they, they gave the up. the same game for 20 years. So this game, they played in Atlanta in week three, and it was 43-37. to 37. But at that point, the Saints had lost 48-40 to 40 to the Bucks in week one, and they beat the Browns in week two, 21 to 18, mainly because the Browns could not kick field goals. Like, they just couldn't kick. They, they would have won the game. Yeah. And then in week three, I actually had the Falcons winning because, man, this Saints team looked awful. And then they turn it around, they get to overtime, they win the game in overtime, da 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 And then from there, it has just been a massacre 
So, yeah, the Saints, like, I I don't know of anybody that would be dumb enough to bet against this team right now. <laughs> I mean, that's just bad. Uh, game number three for me, I've got the Raiders plus 11 at the Ravens. Yes, I understand there is a ton of dysfunction with the Raiders. Like, it, Derek Carr and John Gruden are fighting with each other on the sideline. But the Raiders got a win last week at the Cardinals. And I understand that the Ravens are better than the Cardinals. I do not trust Lamar Jackson for nothing, and especially not to cover 11 points. Like, I think the Raiders will score in this game. I think it is a pride thing at this point. They have figured out some things that they can do on offense. I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I don't think he fits into what John Gruden wants to do with that team, so I would imagine he'll be on the chopping block after the season. But Lamar Jackson, you're not going to be able to run 27 times in an NFL game. I think one game, it'll work. It ain't happening twice. Two stretching it. Two is, is stretching it, even against this Raiders team, which is, again, dreadful. This team is dreadful. But 11 points, way too much here, even on the road. I, I don't care about the West Coast, East Coast thing here. You keep running around like that, Lamar Jackson, you're going to get hurt. And after that, I mean, what, you got RG3? I mean, we're going to do the same thing all over again. So, yeah, with Joe Flacco out, I don't trust the Ravens at all. 11 points is way too much here. Go with the Raiders. What you got game three? I've got Pittsburgh at Denver. Okay. I like the Steelers on a hot streak. They owe Denver one. <laughs> That's it's an been a while since they've won in Denver. Yeah. So, I think with what they've got going offensively right now, they're going to be tough to beat. I, I agree. Now, I didn't touch that one because of the history of the Steelers in Denver. But Denver, 22nd-ranked defense in the league. They, they, they're coming off of a win. They, they got up real high. It, this is a perfect letdown spot. They got an interception that kind of turned yeah. a ball game around. And, and don't get me wrong. Big Ben can throw picks. He can throw picks with the best of them. Yes, he can, but he can also beat you. He can, yeah. When you got Antonio Brown and Juju Smith and uh, at that whole bunch, you got James Conner, who I think will get back on track this week. Yeah, I like that pick. I like that. Game number four for me, I'm going against the grain again. Seahawks plus three and a half at the Panthers. I understand. West Coast traveling to East Coast for a noon kick. I got it. 10 a.m. local time for the Seahawks. Doesn't matter to me. The Seahawks are 2-1-1 one, one against the spread as a road dog this year. The only game that they did not cover was at the Bears. This feels like a field goal game to me. I think Russell Wilson will, will be able to throw against this defense. I think they're going to be able to run a little bit. I understand the Panthers are number eight against the run in the NFL, but teams have had success against them. So when you play a, a crap schedule against teams that don't run the football, yeah, your your stats look better. Yeah. So I think the Seahawks, uh, they, they're playing for their playoff lives right now. I don't know that they win the game, but it feels like a field goal either way. Uh, both of these teams like to play field goal games. Yeah. So if I'm catching three and a half, I will gladly take the hook right there. Seahawks plus three and a half is my play. What's game number four for you? I'm going back to Thanksgiving. <laughs> back to the feast. I've got Dallas. Okay. Caught them at minus nine this morning. 
I think it's opened. Opened at seven, seven or nine. seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen Colt McCoy play. <laughs> That's about I've, all you need to say. I've seen Mark Sanchez play. Yeah. And it really doesn't matter which one's back there. I don't think they can score. Yeah, you're probably right. So I've got the Cowboys. And I, I would imagine eventually this Redskins defense is going to break. And and but all you need very is very good. They, I mean, they're they're really really good. But when you have no support from your offense, if you're stuck on the field all day long, having Zeke Elliott back there just pounding on you, that is eventually going to wear you out. They'll be able to get some some throws to Amari Cooper. They'll be able to get something. You know, yeah, I could I could totally see that. That seems like the smart play to me. Number five game for me and my last one. The Dolphins at the Colts. I am taking the Colts minus 10. In the past, I have been completely against taking double-digit favorites. But in this situation, the Colts have averaged 36.5 points per game in their last four. The Dolphins have averaged 17 points per game in that same span. The Dolphins are only 2-5 and five against the spread in their last seven, one and 3 in their last four. The Colts have covered four straight. Andrew Luck is is on a Drew Brees-esque hot streak right now, and I don't see anything about this Dolphins team that tells me that they can stop him from scoring. No. They're playing in Indianapolis, in a dome. You don't have to worry about the weather. Luck is on fire right now, and 10 points is not near enough here. I don't think Brock Osweiler can keep up with him. Uh, take the Colts minus 10. And my last game of the day is uh, the Texans. Monday Night Football. Tennessee. All right. What kind of line did we get? It was six, I believe. Texans minus six. Is Texans, that what you're rolling? Yeah. Okay. Texans have won seven in a row. Okay. I know they're lucky. They are. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to be lucky. I, this is a situation where they're definitely good to be. Like it's, but, but they're playing good defense. Yes. Tennessee is number 30 in the NFL in total offense. <laughs> Why can't the Texans get lucky again? I, mean, I you think got a they point. win by a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you got it at less than a, less than a touchdown, absolutely. Like, I, I like that. Um, it, this seems like the kind of game where it, in the past – Vrabel has been able to to pick them up off of the the crap heap, you know, and and do something with them. Whenever they have faced adversity in the past, they have found a way, you know, for that defense to hunker down and and get it done. But but they've been Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah, they win three, they lose three. Yeah, they win two, they lose two. And they lost last week <laughs> for the first time in a couple of weeks. And yeah, they just got embarrassed last week and. Whether Mariota plays or not, it may not make a difference. Texans are playing good defensively. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Like I said, Chris is going to have his picks at the end of this video. We have given you everything you need to know to be a winner. Go down to Tunica. Put some action on your favorite plays. You don't have to play all these. Pick whatever game you like. The lines will change, by the way, so go talk to your attendant. Whichever sports book you go to, they will give you an updated line. They'll help you out. It's supposed to be fun. 
So go have fun. Uh, it's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Like I said, they got six awesome sports books. TunicaTravel.com is the place to get more information. And as always, put in your picks over at winningcureseverything.com. Our football picks contest, all you got to do is pick 10 games against the spread, and you can win some awesome prizes. This week, I believe it is a $100 gift certificate to Twain Steakhouse in Samstown wow. and a $50 slot play at Samstown. So you can go down, have a nice dinner, play a few slots, maybe win a few bucks. So Winning Cures Everything is the uh, place to go for that, winningcureseverything.com. We will see you guys the next go-round. College football week 13 previews brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books. You can find all six of them over at tunicatravel.com. You can also find more information on us, our social media, our, our YouTube, our picks, our previews, our podcasts, everything else over at winningcureseverything.com. So go check out both of those. If you are just coming in, if you haven't seen the other videos, this is not Chris. I'm not Chris. Chris is in Disney World with his family for the Thanksgiving holidays, so my father so valiantly decided to step in and help out. Uh, there are not nearly that many people that I know that uh, that understand football the way that he does. He taught me what I know about football. Uh, I've taken it to a different level with uh, with all of my stats and my pages and, and everything else, but... Uh, as you can see, if, if you can see the, the notepad, he does the same thing. So maybe I did get that from him. Either way, the Winning Cures Everything Football Picks Contest over at winningcureseverything.com. Ten picks. Go put your picks in. Put your email in. It's free to enter. Very easy. Go do it. You're picking ten games against the spread. This week, you can win a $100 gift certificate to Twain Steakhouse at Sam's Town and a $50 slot play. Very good prizes, very good stuff. Go check that bad boy out. Let's jump on in. The five biggest games, and then we got some honorable mentions. The biggest game of the weekend. Michigan minus four at Ohio State. You agree that's probably the biggest game? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the, the only top ten matchup. I mean, it's barely, barely a top ten match. <laughs> Thanks to Ohio no, State, but they're but, playing to represent that division. Yes, in the Big Ten championship game. Yes, and and probably to win the Big Ten because the, the winner has to play Northwestern, who has been good, but but they're still seven and four. And, but they also lost to Akron. So, um, <laughs> Michigan is number one in total defense. They're giving up two hundred thirty four point eight two yards per game. Ohio State is number two in total offense, 541.82 yards per game. So, stylistically, two completely different teams. The metrics have Michigan minus 2.9 in this game. Michigan has played the number eight strength of schedule. Ohio State, number 65. Not good. Now, one thing, it took me a little while to find a stat that would, that would lead to Ohio State winning this football game and the only thing that I could find was Michigan is number 128 in opponents' red zone scoring percentage. They are giving up 94.8% in the red zone. And they're number 117 in opponent red zone touchdown percentage, which is 73.4%. So if Ohio State gets into the red zone, I would imagine they will be successful in scoring. But they may not ever but get they, into the red zone. But they may zone. not get there. 
You would because have they to. may score from outside the red yeah, zone. Yeah, they, they may do that. Uh, that is This is a team that is explosive. They Their defense, for all the trash that we want to talk about Ohio State's defense, their offense has been lights out. They yes. have bailed them out of some bad situations. The only one that they didn't was obviously Purdue, which is still weird to think about. That's just a strange thing, right? So people have wanted to talk it's, trash. It's uh, like Iowa last year. Yeah, it's it just a, a blip, which you can't have blips. No. Like, it, at least in this sport, right? If, in the NFL, I'd chalk it up to a bad weekend. Yes. But in this sport, you can't have bad weekends. You've only got so few, you know? Um, how do you feel about this game? I don't think Michigan has played anybody yet that can throw the football. That's Their defense is great, but they do a superb job of being gap sound against the run. Yeah. And they shut the run off, and nobody else has been able to throw the football against them. Now, Ohio it, State can throw the football. Penn State maybe would be your best chance at that. But maybe. they don't have the playmakers on the outside. But uh, that's exactly what Ohio I was going to say. Has. Like I, I don't think that they are – they're not nearly as talented offensively as Ohio State. No. So this will be interesting to see two teams that are so incredibly different. And in the past, obviously, we have seen defenses come out on top in games like this. The biggest thing here will be, I think, Michigan's ball control offense. Like, can they keep the Ohio State offense off of the field? If Ohio State's defense shows up and plays the run, I think they can get Michigan off the field. Yeah. I don't think Michigan can throw it well enough to to depend on the throw to make yards. And even then... I mean, we've seen Shea Patterson at, and this is granted a completely different situation, but a player is a player. Like, he is what he is no matter where he's playing. Yes. They have they have set him up well to where he doesn't have to be the guy. Um, but if he does have to be the guy. It can get ugly quickly. Because we've seen that. He can throw it to the wrong team. Um, did you see Karan Higdon, the running back for... Michigan came out today and guaranteed a win. Like, no, and, and we are recording this on that. we're recording this on on Monday night uh, because it is a short week. It's Thanksgiving week. I'll be headed out of town, so we got to get these things done. But yeah, he he guaranteed a win today. He said, "Yeah, I'll stand by that." Like, why would I not? It, just why would you? Like, why would you talk? Just shut up. Shut up. Like, <laughs> like you haven't beaten Ohio State. By the way. 13-1 and one straight up against Michigan in the last 14 years. The only year that they didn't beat Michigan was when they had interim coach Luke Fickle. And even then, it was a close game. Well, that's what I had, 15 out of the last 17? Yeah. I mean, it's 13 out of 14, 15 out of 17. It, it's the same thing. It's And the question is, does Ohio State have as many athletes as Michigan does? Oh, and the answer to that is and yes. the answer is yes. Uh, the other side of this, Ohio State's only been an underdog four times under Urban Meyer. Won all four of them straight up. And that's what I've got going on this week. Yeah. that's, And we'll get to that in our gambling picks and whatnot. This is one of my picks. I'm sure it's it, – is it one of yours? Yeah. Okay. That's kind of what I was thinking. 
Uh, game number two, Oklahoma at West Virginia. This is a pick 'em. So it has gone back and forth from West Virginia being favored by one to Oklahoma being favored by one. Whenever we wrote all of our stuff down, it was a pick 'em. We're going to stick with that one. It's Friday, 7 p.m. ESPN in Morgantown, West Virginia. It, does it piss you off, by the way, that this game is on at 7 p.m. on Friday night and then Washington State, Washington is on at 7.30 p.m. on Friday night on a different channel? Like, I'm going to have to have two TVs set up again, and I'm going to be at my in-laws, and my wife is going to yell at me because I'm not doing family crap, and, you know, because I'm, I'm going to have the main TV set up probably with Oklahoma, West Virginia, and then I'll have Washington, Washington State on the iPad, and yeah. either well, way. I'll be at my house all by myself <laughs> and you won't have to worry about nothing i won't have to worry about anything it's, I'll, I'll have to hear like we want to play a board game and it's well it's gonna have to wait till 10 30 <laughs> like well, well with these two with passing offenses and whatnot it'll probably be 11 30 but either way uh oklahoma west virginia let's talk about that the metrics have oklahoma winning this by one um look since 2015 oklahoma is 33 and 3 against the big 12 they've got two losses to texas one to Iowa State. Both teams that are not traditional Big 12 teams. Not big offenses. They they can play a little bit of defense. Oh, Oklahoma's won and covered four straight against West Virginia. What about this team tells you that they will, one, be able to stop Oklahoma, and two, that Oklahoma won't be able to outscore them? Even if they do get stopped, like tell me, tell me your thoughts on this. Like, what what am I reading wrong here? I had a a very interesting stat pop up when I started looking at this game. Okay, between these two teams, they have won what eighteen games this year. Yes. Do you know how many of those are against teams that are above five hundred? Oklahoma beat Army. In that's overtime, one. so that's one. They uh, beat Iowa State. Both teams beat Oklahoma State, who is now above 500. So Texas, both beat uh, – no, 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 only one beat Texas. Well, and, and well, we got like – we got five total. 18 games, you got like five or six. West Virginia didn't beat Oklahoma State, did they? Well, oh, you're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State, but then West Virginia didn't. And then West Virginia beat Texas, but Oklahoma didn't. So – Total of four is what I got out of 18 wins. Holy mackerel. Oh, that whole right. conference is a dumpster fire. Yeah, that's it's a bad it's bad juju. They're all no good. I, okay, I see where you're coming from now. Okay. Like TCU's five and six, Kansas State five and six, Texas Tech five and six, Kansas three and eight, UCLA three and eight, FAU five and six. Wow. I did not even realize that. It's horrible. And to have that much trouble with Army? Well, it, I'll tell you why they had trouble with Army. because they, well, uh, Army they, kept the football away from them all day. <laughs> I think they had a their time of possession was 14 minutes. <laughs> I, think they, I think they had three possessions. <laughs> but when you look, Oklahoma's, what, 575 or so a game? And yeah. West Virginia's above 500? Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be... Both teams will score almost at will. Whoever has the ball last. Yeah. And and I would imagine Oklahoma will find a way to have the ball last because they have in 33 of the last 36 against the Big 12. 
Like at West Virginia has not been able to solve this Oklahoma conundrum. Uh, but this is in my gambling pick, so we'll we'll roll on to that. Uh, game number three, Washington at Washington State. The Apple Cup, Washington State favored. Minus three and a half. Friday, 7.30 p.m. on Fox. This is in the Palouse. Whoo, boy. Metrics have got Washington State minus one. But Chris Peterson is 5-0 and against Washington State. Average score in those five games, 41-14. to It has not even been close. Washington, they are number 18 in opponent's yard per game, or yards per play. It's a 4.71 yards per play. They are number seven in opposing passing touchdowns. They're only giving up .82 per game. Uh, that that spells maybe a little bit of trouble um, for me. You know, I'm I'm just the average total defense that Washington State has played. It's number sixty-seven point six. They lost at number fifty-six USC early in the year, and we have talked at length on this show about the fact that that probably shouldn't have been a loss. That that play was targeting absolutely. It should have kept the drive going, but either way, they lost the game. Uh, they beat number 14, Utah, 28 to 24. They beat number, uh, sorry, number 14, Utah, 28 to 24. Beat number 18, Cal, 19 to 13. And that is not like AP ranking. That is defensive ranking. Utah's number 14 in the country. Cal is number 18 in the country. Washington State had trouble with both of them, had trouble scoring, had trouble, you know, just with them, period. Washington is the number 16 defense in the country. So they are one of those teams that will give you problems. Is there anything that Leach can do to win this game? I think he can, but I think Washington has the more physical football team. What is it about this? Like, is it just because they're a more physical team? Like, since Peterson has gotten there? Because Washington State has been able to beat everybody else across the board other than this team. I feel like maybe... When they get to this game, Washington State kind of puckers a little bit, just a touch. Might be. I mean, this is it, it's a rivalry game, and and people want to say that sometimes those things don't matter. In this case, it's a pretty big deal. Like this yeah. is about more than just you know an outside chance at a playoff. This is a team that they have not been able to beat, and they just can't handle them. It, it's maybe a mental thing. Washington has lost three ball games on the year. They lost to Auburn by what five? Yeah, twenty-one sixteen. They lost to Oregon by three. Yeah, and, and that was that was fluky because they probably should have kicked the field goal to win it at the end. Like yeah. they missed a field goal, but either way. And then what was the the last game? Lost by two to Cal. Yeah, which is the same team that gave Washington State problems. They, they have a way of being able to play in physical football games. And they pretty well do away with teams that are not physical. Yeah. Washington State's not physical. No. Now, I think they're a little more physical this year than they have been. They're better than they have been. But they still don't run the football. They still do not and run their, the football. their time of possession is not they got 81 great. yards a game rushing. And I think a lot of times they use their their passing game as a running game, right? They they do the shovel passes. They do, like, the, the out routes because I don't think that they can run 
between the tackles. They can't run it between the tackles. And if you can't run between the tackles, it is going to be tough to stop this team because Washington plays very sound gap defense. They they are very good at that. I I'm curious. Like there there is a reason why Washington State is favored by three and a half here. But well, it's because they're ten and one. It, well, exactly. It's I think perception is like yeah, yeah, yeah. They like this is for a playoff spot. I'll be I'll be interested to see it. I um, think Washington can stay balanced and can hang on to the football a while. They rush for better than 150 yards a game. Yeah. Um, now Washington State's defense is decent. They they are 40th in the country uh, in yards per play defense. So, you know, not as good as Washington, but pretty good. But it it may not be good enough. How many times does Washington State have to look at teams that can run the football? Early this year, I thought maybe Oregon, but that turned out to not be the case. Um, And Utah, early this year, Washington State caught them before they got hot. Yeah. Like back when they were having trouble scoring on anybody. So... You know, and at the same time, Washington State gave up 24 to Utah when they were kind of crappy at home. And the week before that, Washington beat them on the road 21 to 7. So it's kind of, you know, and, and you hate to use it comparing of the same team, but, you know, but it is what it is. I will be curious to watch this game. Uh, Chris is a Mike Leach diehard, he will follow <laughs> Coach Leach into the abyss. Um, and and trust me, I've made some money on Washington State this year, but I don't know that I'd be making money if I bet on them this week. So, <laughs> game number four, and this may not seem like a huge national game, but the stakes are pretty damn high. Houston at Memphis. Memphis, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. And the only reason they are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite is is because Houston quarterback Derek King is out for the year after uh, a leg injury last week. This game is Friday, 11 a.m. on ABC. A lot of good games on Friday this year. Yeah. A lot of good games, uh, which is fine with me since I probably won't be around for much on Saturday. <laughs> uh, 11 a.m., ABC. It's in Memphis, Tennessee. Metrics have got Memphis minus three. Memphis has looked abysmal in the rain this year. They have turned the football over. They make dumb decisions. Their play calling has been suspect in the rain. There is a 60% chance of rain on Friday. Not good for the Tigers. This game is for the AAC Western Division title, so the winner of this game gets to travel the next week to sunny Orlando, Florida to play the UCF Knights. Is it the Golden Knights? No, no, they, they cut the Golden out, right? Just the Knights. Just the Knights. Okay, so... Memphis would love nothing more than an opportunity to go and play their bitter rivals, which I don't know how that turned into a rivalry, but either way. Memphis, total offense, they are number seven in the country in total offense, 523 yards per game. Houston is number four at 541 yards per game. Don't know if this, like, this will not be the same offense, obviously, without Derek King. Total defense, though. The defenses are going to be the same because nobody's really out. Memphis is number 67 in the country in total defense. 398 yards per game against them. Houston, number 118, giving up 477 yards per game. 
I would not imagine that Ed Oliver is going to play this week after the shenanigans from the Tulane game last week. I could be wrong. I also don't think it matters. I like Memphis here. I don't like them to cover the 7.5. But I do think at the Liberty Bowl, this is this is their spot. Now, if it rains all day like it, like it might do, obviously things can change. We're recording on Monday night. If it rains all day, then it's just a crapshoot. They just throw it up, whatever side it lands on, flip a coin, whatever. Um, but I do think that Houston, without their quarterback, they they were able to put up some points on Tulane. But they were Memphis, able to win that ball game. Yeah. Now they already had thirty something at the half. Yeah. Like that. It was so they they put up another seventeen in the second half. But I think. High pressure situation might be a little different situation. I do like Kendall Bryles though. I would imagine if if Hugh Freeze is not your next offensive coordinator at Auburn, I think they might go get Kendall Bryles from down there. All I know is that when you look at their stats and you see that they're they're throwing the football for three hundred yards a game, and they're running for two thirty five. Yeah. How much of that is? Well, Derek King runs for a hundred something a game. Yeah, but how much of that is him, and how much of it is just how much can you replicate with this new guy? And and from what I saw against yeah. Tulane, no. not a lot. Yeah. So the entire offense has to change on a short week on a like on a road trip. So how much can you change in over a holiday? Yeah, I mean, how much can you change in three days? Yeah. And and still have the guy be able to play. Like, be able to run an offense. I don't know. It, it It's a dire situation for Houston. Uh, I can understand why they would put the line at 7.5. I'd still probably take Houston plus the 7.5. Mainly because of the weather, maybe? Maybe. And I've also got a lot of faith in Kendall Browse. Like I said, I, I think he's going to be able to find something because it's not like Memphis is world beaters on defense. No, but when they've needed stops, they've gotten them. They, they've been able to. Since yeah. since Memphis got pretty well handled by Missouri. Uh, yeah. They've been better. They've been better. I mean, they, they gave up only 18 at SMU the other night. And, I mean, SMU had put up 62 the week before. 25 yards rushing. I mean, that's just crazy. I, I don't know what to make of this Memphis team, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I will be betting on them if they go down to UCF because they hate that team. Like, that is a, a hatred that not a whole lot of people have, and I don't and know you, how they got should, it. You should get some line help with that, too. If. I, would, I would imagine I will. I would imagine I will. I, I, would, I would think that that line will probably be about 16, 17. Um, I could be wrong, but we'll see. Game number five, before we get into the honorable mentions, Utah State at Boise State. Boise, a three-point favorite Saturday, 9.15 p.m. ESPN in Boise, Idaho. It's on the blue turf. The metrics have got Boise State minus three, so the line is right on the dot. The weather will be in the mid-30s, below freezing wind chill, but no precipitation, so Utah State should be fine. They are used to the cold. Last week against Colorado State, they were not used to the snow, (laughs) obviously. They've been averaging 51 points a game. They were only able to put up 29. And the last one of those touchdowns was with uh, like 40 seconds left, and that was to win the game. I'm not sure what to think about this game. Utah State 
has they have been able to put up points on basically everybody. Their offense is, is great. Their defense is eh, okay. But their strength of schedule is like number one twenty four. I mean, they have played some crap football teams. So how much is it the crap teams or how much is it Utah State? We talked about it when we discussed Washington and Washington State. Physical football teams give Utah State problems. Yeah. They lost to Michigan State. Now it was close early game. in the year. Yeah, it was close, close game, but but yeah. Physical game. They gave up what, two hundred something rushing yards in that game? I mean crazy. Colorado State is more physical than most of the other teams on their schedule. Huh. And Colorado State gave them fits. Yeah, and they, they certainly did that. Part of the reason is because Colorado State can run it a little bit. They don't just completely rely on throwing it. Boise prides themselves Run on the football. being balanced. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Boise is a physical football team. I, I will admit that. Um, yeah, the blue turf, like, it is tough to win there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the only games that, that Boise has lost this year, and this is going to sound goofy, they got beat by Oklahoma State. Yep. And just flat could not run the football on Oklahoma State. Yeah, that was – so Oklahoma State's new v, uh, defensive coordinator uh, came from Duke. And he is big on uh, being able to get pressure. Like, so he will uh, – he will uh, he'll bring pressure from, from different areas. And he was able to figure out what Boise State was going to do running the football. So, Duke has always had a pretty good defensive football team for the last three years plus whatever. And this guy was, was able to come in early with Oklahoma State and do that. And then eventually when you don't have the talent to be able to do it against the Big 12 offenses, yeah, then it becomes a problem because if you're bringing pressure from other areas, like those quarterbacks will find they, what hole is open and they will beat you. So... Yeah, the, that's the other game that they lost to San Diego State. They only ran the ball for fifty yards. San Diego State's a really physical team. Rocky Long, like if he wasn't sixty six years old, like I think he would have gotten a, a bigger job by now. Yeah. Um, but I think he's comfortable. Why would you want to leave San Diego? I mean, you're making over a million dollars a year. You're just hanging out in San Diego. Why not? Too like easy. Too easy. Like he's sixty six. Like he can hang out with his grandkids. Nothing matters. It's beautiful weather all the time, and then only a couple of times a year do you have to go to Boise or uh, or Wyoming or uh, where do they go? The, well, no, they went to Fresno on Saturday. <laughs> so, like, Fresno's fine. I went to Fresno last year. It was great. Love Fresno. Um, so, yeah, I would imagine I'm leading Boise State here, Yeah. and I think the majority of the country will as well. Utah State is 9-2 uh, and two against the spread this year don't think it matters here this is a, a different beast that they're going up against uh let's move into the honorable mentions we're just going to run through these really fast auburn at alabama bama is minus 25 and a half right now saturday 2 30 p.m on cbs biggest notes here bama injuries like what kind of difference is that going to make and can auburn score and i don't think that the bama injuries are going to matter a whole lot in this one and i don't think auburn can score I haven't even looked at this one. That's I don't, I don't blame you. There's really no reason to. 
<laughs> All I know is if two is healthy, yeah, Auburn can't keep up. Exactly. And and who knows about the line? Twenty five seems like a ton in a game like this. But when Alabama wants to beat Auburn, I mean we have seen what forty nine to seven over the past few years. We saw thirty six to nothing one year. So when Auburn's bad and Alabama's good, sometimes it can get a little lopsided. Mississippi State minus eleven and a half at Ole Miss. This is the Thanksgiving night game, seven thirty PM on ESPN. Revenge for Mississippi State? You oh, think I think so. I think uh Nick Fitzgerald is a little irritated about how things ended for him last year and the way that Ole Miss uh lifted their leg on uh <laughs> on Mississippi State last year. Uh, and State even almost came back and won the game late last year. But this Ole Miss team is a train wreck. And defensively, they have not looked good. Well, they can't stop all. the run. They they Well, they can't stop anything, really. But I think State will have 300-plus yards rushing on them. I think you're right. I think State is going to obliterate this team. Uh, because they are – I mean, this this rivalry game, for those of you that are watching that are not from down here, and, and we're based in Memphis, so we ain't that far away from, from the Egg Bowl. Man, they do not like each other. It is – whew, that is some hatred. That's pure, unadulterated hate right there. UCF at USF, Friday, 3.15 p.m. on ESPN. I would imagine it will be high scoring. I would imagine that USF cannot score enough to keep up with US or UCF. No, they there's, cannot. There's too many Fs and Ss and Cs and all this mess. Like I just I can't keep up with it. Charlie Strong, uh, Chris loves him. Chris thinks he's just one of the best coaches that there's ever been. Y'all know how I feel about Charlie Strong. Uh, Blake Barnett. Good quarterback. He ain't McKenzie Melton. Uh, I think UCF kind of runs away with this one. They, this is another prime opportunity on ESPN. It is their window. It is their spot before Washington State, Washington, before Oklahoma, West Virginia. There will be a lot of eyeballs on this game. They had over 5 million viewers last year. It was one of the, uh, the top 15 most watched games last year. It'll probably be about the same this year. Uh, a lot of people want to see what UCF's got, and I think they will give it to them. Notre Dame minus 10.5 at USC. That's Saturday at 7 p.m., the ABC primetime game. The only way I think that Clay Helton can save his job is to get a win over Notre Dame, and even then I don't know if it's enough. And I don't think they're going to do it because Notre Dame minus 10.5 ain't near enough points here. Uh, Notre Dame will demolish this team. USC has already lost three games by more than eight points. Yeah. And they're about to play the best team on their schedule. Yeah, no win November. Like I, th- I think that's what they were going for, right? That's what it looks like. <laughs> LSU minus one at Texas A&M, Saturday, 6.30 p.m. on the SEC Network. Uh, I'm I'm staying away from this one. Like, my gut tells me LSU wins because they've beaten Texas A&M every year since they've moved to the SEC. This is kind of like what we discussed with Washington, Washington State. It's just a mental thing. Yeah. Uh, LSU just owns Texas A&M. Now, I wonder if Jimbo can change that. But I think it takes more than, like, one season yes. to change that. Uh, he will eventually change it. Yeah. But I'm not sure he's got it changed yet. And I do think that Jimbo is the better coach between him and Orgeron. Orgeron has, has coached well this year. Yes. 
But overall, I still think Jimbo's better. I just don't know that that this team is set up to be able to beat LSU, which sounds crazy to me because I had LSU pick six and six to start the year. But you know, LSU is playing for uh, for some pretty high stakes. Like they they need this win to get into a New Year's Six game, I think. Yeah. Um, and even if they lose it, they might still get into a New Year's Six game. But you know, you, you like to go out. You like to get your tenth win. I'd like to get the tenth win. Tennessee at Vanderbilt, Saturday at 3 p.m. on the SEC Network. This one's for a bowl game. Intriguing? Ugly. Nah, not really. Like, it definitely ugly. Um, Justin Guarantano. Is that his name? Justin? Jarrett? Justin? Guarantano. <laughs> you got me. Who, uh, what, uh, the Tennessee quarterback that is out. If, if Keller Christ has to play in this game, I think Vandy beats them. If Guarantano is back, I think Tennessee wins the game. And then Tennessee will go to a bowl game in their first year under Pruitt. I think a lot of this rests on whether or not they got the quarterback. Am I wrong? I think you're probably right. But Chris can play a little bit. He can also throw the ball to the other team a little bit, which is why Stanford said, <laughs> no, cool, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Just get out of here. We good. Uh, South Carolina at Clemson. Clemson minus 24 and a half. I would imagine this line is going to get closer to like 27, 28 before it's all said and done. Saturday at 6 p.m. This is the ESPN night game, uh, the Palmetto Bowl. South Carolina is okay against other okay teams. I think this they com- is... They compete well. Sometimes. I don't think they're set up to be able to beat Clemson. No. I don't think they're even close. No. Troy at App State. I had to toss this one on there. App State minus 10.5. Saturday, 1.30 p.m. This one on your ESPN Plus app. So go sign up for your free trial on that bad boy. It's for the Sun Belt. Check out the name of this division name. You ready? The Group A Division. So <laughs> the winner of this game will get to play... I have no idea who. Florida International? No, that's in the CUSA. Who cares? Either way, it's uh, Arkansas State maybe or somebody, whatever. App State is is the best team in that conference. Like, bar none, hands down. Troy, they've got a backup quarterback, and they're having to go on the road to Boone, North Carolina. Like, I, I like App State a lot here. Last four, let's roll through them. Syracuse at Boston College. Eric Dungy, I think, is out for the year, so I don't know what Tommy DeVito does for Syracuse. Uh, Boston College looked like uh, hot garbage against Florida State last week. So I also don't know what to make of them. But uh, Syracuse is 8-3, and three, Boston College 7-4. and four. This is kind of for bowl positioning here. So yeah. important game. Purdue minus four at Indiana. Another one for a bowl game. Jeff Brom, ever since word that he might be leaving to go to Louisville came out, they have lost two straight ball games. They are 1-3 since beating Ohio State. They need this one. And I think Indiana's a pretty good football team. I think Tom Allen, Tim Allen, no, Tom Allen. That's Tom it. Allen. There you go. Um, Tim Allen's the uh, home it's improvement the guy. guy. <laughs> the, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Uh, yeah, Tom Allen, good coach. Indiana, pretty good football team. Purdue should win the game, even on the road. We'll see where their heads are because I would imagine their coach will be uh, in the Commonwealth on Monday. UAB minus two at MTSU. I believe that we are going to see this game again next week because 
I think Florida International might get beat this weekend, and if they do, if MTSU beats UAB, then they will be playing in the Conference USA Championship game. Uh, but even still, if UAB wins the game, UAB will be 8-0 and in the conference, and they will be playing probably Florida International next week for the CUSA Championship, which is a crazy story. Crazy. Bill Clark, uh, somebody hire that man. Good gracious. Pitt at Miami. Miami's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Pitt is already your ACC Coastal Division winner. Miami got bowl eligible last week in Blacksburg, so they are 6-4. and four. Good old Mark Richt and his wonderful Hurricanes. We have given you the information that you need to go be a winner. So go put some action down in Tunica. Pick out a game that you like. Go tell your attendant which one you want. TunicaTravel.com will tell you everything you need to know about the sports books down there. You can find more information on us over at winningcureseverything.com. Go check out the Gambling Picks video. College Football Week 13 Gambling Picks. Brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. they got six awesome sports books down there. You can go check them all out over at tunicatravel.com. It's Samstown, Hollywood, First Jackpot, Fitz Casino, Gold Strike, Horseshoe. Like I said, tunicatravel.com has got all of your information. Go enter our football picks contest over at winningcureseverything.com. Going to pick 10 games against the spread. Last week, Bradford W. from Bartlett, Tennessee, went 8-2. and two. He hit the tiebreaker. He got a $100 gift certificate to Sam's Tent. No, he didn't. He got two nights stay somewhere, didn't he? No. He got two nights at Hollywood. That's what it was. I'm getting my prize. You know what? You're going to get the right prize, and it's up on the site. Either way, you're likely to get a couple of nights stay at one of the casinos. You'll get a slot play. You'll get a, a dining card, $100 at a steakhouse, all kind of stuff. Go to Winning Cures Everything. Hit that bad boy. You can tell this isn't Chris. I'm not Chris. He is not Chris. He is my father. I'm still not Chris. His name is Lee. Everybody, welcome to the show. He's filling in for Chris while Chris is in Disney World. Whew. All of you dudes that came on the show and you wanted to talk trash about how we couldn't pick nothing. And then Chris goes 5-2 and two last week. And did none of y'all pick anything undefeated? I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. You can try it again this week, though. You go undefeated this week, 7-0 against the spread. Pick whatever seven games you want. I don't care if it's over-unders. I don't care if it's team totals, whatever. Seven picks. Give me your gambling picks. Go 7-0. Tell me where you got your lines, though. A couple of weeks ago, we had some of you fools just making up lines. It ain't working like that. Tell me where you got them. Do that thing. Leave it down in the comments. Tell us where you're coming from. I want to see somebody go 7-0. We will bring you on the show. Okay, let's do this thing. Last week I went three, three, and one. Not great, but decent for uh, picking all favorites last week. Not not bad. Chris went five and two. I am forty two, thirty nine, and three. Not great, but okay. Chris forty two, forty, and two. Let's jump into it. Uh, you know what? Here, hang on to. You know what? We're gonna toss it in at the end of the thing. Chris sent me his picks. He sent a pick video from Disney World. We'll toss it in at the end, okay? Um, first pick, give me your give me your first game. I opened with Mississippi State minus ten and a half on the road. Thanksgiving at night, Ole Miss. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving night. night. I can get down with it. Mississippi State runs the football for almost two hundred and twenty yards a game. 
Ole Miss gives up more than 210 yards a game. Really? Good gracious. State runs for 5.7 yards per rush. Ole Miss gives up more than five yards per rush. That's bad juju. I don't see any way that Ole Miss ever gets to play with the football. You're probably right. You're probably right. And this is a revenge spot. Obviously, uh, Ole Miss took out Nick Fitzgerald last year and then had some shady antics in Starkville. And their quarterback is going to see an awful lot of pressure. Oh, yes. That, that's some uh, that's some dudes that don't play nice. No, they do not play nice, and they can no. get to the quarterback. Uh, especially so. against Ole Miss. Yeah. Absolutely. So I've got State. State minus Covering 11. It. All right, let me uh, let me write that one down. State minus 11 – no, 10.5? 10.5. 10.5. Ten State minus 10.5. All right, game number one for me. Michigan at Ohio State, Saturday 11 a.m. on Fox. I'm taking the Buckeyes, plus 4.5. Look, the metrics have got Michigan winning, but only by 2.3 points. Ohio State is 4-0 straight up and against the spread as an underdog under Urban Meyer. It's only happened four times that they've been an underdog. Michigan running back Karan Higdon guaranteed a Michigan win on Monday. What are you doing? Like, as if the Buckeyes needed anything else for motivation. Ohio State is 13-1 straight up against Michigan the last 14 years. Their only loss was to interim coach Luke Fickle when they went 6-6. Six and six. The Herbs is 6-0 and against Michigan. This sets up to where everybody is, oh, Michigan is going to kill them. They're going to house them. I think Michigan might pee on themselves a little bit. I think this is not a good spot for Michigan to be in. They wanted to come in as an underdog. They wanted the chip on their shoulder. Now that they're hearing about how good they are and everything, it, it they may win the ball game. But four and a half points, and that's a lot of points on the road. Give me the Buckeyes plus four and a half. What uh, what's game number two for you? I've got Texas as a fifteen and a half point favorite against Kansas. Um, is that at Kansas? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Kansas is three and eight on the year. They beat a one in ten Rutgers team. They beat a 1-10 Central Michigan team. And then they beat TCU. <laughs> They've had one loss on the year that was less than 15.5 points. And that was to Nichols State to open the year. Wait, that was and less? over time. That was le- one loss one, under 15 One of their losses, one of their... Eight losses this year. Okay, well, yeah, because last last week was a fifteen point loss to uh, Oklahoma, which is under fifteen and a half. But yeah, Nichols twenty six twenty three in overtime. Whew. Good lot. And all Texas has to do to go to the Big Twelve championship game is beat Kansas, is win the ball game. So they're going to be focused. Oh yeah. So. I've got Texas covering that. And they'll they'll be able to uh, run the football on Kansas, I do believe. And yes. if Kansas can't run, they can't score because their their quarterback situation is a dumpster fire there. So, um, okay. Game number two for me, the team that just beat Kansas, Oklahoma. Oklahoma versus West Virginia at West Virginia. It's in Morgantown, Friday, 7 p.m. on ESPN. Oklahoma is a pick 'em. 
I got them at a pick'em. Now, when I looked back at it, they were a they were plus one, and then when I looked at it again this afternoon, they were minus one. So I got it at a pick. It's obviously going to change. I don't think it matters. The metrics have got Oklahoma minus one. Oklahoma has won and covered four straight against West Virginia. Since 2015, Oklahoma is 33-3 and against the Big 12. Two of the losses are to Texas. One is to Iowa State. Both of those teams, they are not traditional Big 12 offenses. They are teams that can stay on the football field. I don't know that West Virginia can. It, and maybe they can, but I think that this is one of those where it's going to be ping pong. It's back and forth, and Oklahoma thrives in that kind of situation. You want to start putting up 1,200 yards of total offense, Oklahoma's going to win the game. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. There's way too many people talking about West Virginia here. I don't care if they're at home. It hasn't mattered in any other game against Oklahoma. Give me the Sooners. I, I think they take this one. Might be a different story in the Big 12 title game, but give me the Sooners for now. What you got, game three? Or game two? No, three. Game three. Three. I can't even count anymore. Game three. Arkansas at Missouri. Missouri laying 22 and a half. Missouri's a good football team. Yeah. They're physical, and they can throw the football. They're number 20 in the country in the Massey composite, which is like 110 different computers all averaged out. They are they're a really good football they're team. They're a good football team. I think that they cover against Arkansas. I don't think Arkansas can get out of their own way. I I do like that pick a lot, especially – so we're recording this on Monday night, short week, Thanksgiving week. We had to get the picks done. Um, Arkansas suspended two starting defensive backs today. Did you see this? Like what it was for? For flirting with the – Well, they were, they were swapping phone numbers with Mississippi <laughs> State dance team members. I'm just – Floored one, but like, that's what kids do. Like, why are you gonna get mad at a dude for just you know trying to get a little? Like, I, you know, obviously the team like sucks and everybody at home doesn't want to sleep with them. So like, Mississippi State's kind of used to sucking. Like maybe, you know, I I don't know. Like Mississippi State's been good lately, but like overall, those poor girls grew up with losers. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm gonna get so much crap from state fans. And I'm sorry, but y'all know the truth. Like, you, you ain't got to argue with me. Um, yeah, I like that pick. I mean, Missouri, I think I think Missouri hangs a 50-burger on them. Yes. Like, and I don't think Arkansas's offense can keep up. I like that. That's good. That's not one of my picks. Um, but I do like that. I, I, I will probably have a little bit on that one. Game number three for me, the Huskies. Washington plus three and a half at Washington State, Friday, 7.30 p.m. on Fox. Metrics have got Washington State winning, but only by one point. So you know it's going to be a close ball game. Washington is 5-0 and against Washington State under Chris Peterson. They have covered four straight. The average score the last four years, 41-14 to Washington. It has not mattered if they go to the Palouse or if they're playing in Seattle. They could be playing on the moon, and I would still feel the same way. The average total defense Washington State has played is number 67.6. They lost at number 56 USC early in the year. They beat number 14 total defense Utah, 28-24. They beat number 18 total defense Cal, 19-13. Washington is the number 16 total defense. 
Washington is a physical football team. Washington State has trouble with that, and I think there is a mental thing going on here with Washington State. Look, y'all know how much I love betting on Washington State. I've been doing it all year. I have made a pretty penny, but I also understand when it is time to get off the train. Washington plus three and a half here all day. Give me Chris Peterson. Until they prove it. Exactly. You got to. You gotta go Prove it to me, baby. Prove it to me. Number four game. Temple at UConn. UConn. <laughs> UConn has one win on the year. They beat Rhode Island. I didn't even know Rhode Island had a football team. I, until you told me that, I didn't either. <laughs> I knew they played basketball. Yeah, they got a good basketball program. That's where Dan Hurley came from. But Who so, is now the UConn coach? <laughs> But seven out of their losses, they've lost, what, ten ball games? They're one in yeah. ten. Seven of those losses have been by more than the spread of this ball game. And Temple is certainly not any worse than half of those teams. Actually, probably better. Uh, Jeff Collins is, is a good coach. And, yeah, they lost – Two games early that they, they lost, probably shouldn't have. They lost to Villanova early and they and lost Buffalo. to Buffalo early. And Buffalo and, is is a good team. They're eight and two. Yeah, and, or eight nine and two. But since that time, they've won seven out of their last nine. Yeah, and one of those was they lost to UCF, UCF and, and they gave UCF fits. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I've got Temple covering at minus twenty nine, and I don't think the spread even matters, does it? No. All right, Temple minus twenty nine. Game number four for me, the Pitt Panthers plus five and a half at Miami, Saturday, 2.30 p.m. ESPN. My metrics have got Miami minus three and a half winning this ballgame, so I've only got about two points differential between the spread and that. Um, Look, Pitt has covered six games straight. Miami had failed to cover in four straight before they hammered Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech is just awful this year. Look, um, Miami can stop the run against bad teams, but in the last five games where they've gone one and four, they're giving up 4.1 yards per rush and 172 yards rushing per game. Pitt is number six in the country at 6.15 yards per rush. I understand that Pitt has already wrapped up the Coastal. I got that. But I also understand that Mark Richt, over time makes his teams less and less physical. I don't think Miami is physical enough to play with Pitt. I think Pitt runs the football all over him on Saturday. I like Pitt plus the five and a half. Even if it's just a field goal ball game, I'm covering that easy. I think Pitt could probably win the game outright even in Miami. What uh, what you got game number five? Game number five, I've got uh, Boise and Utah State. Utah State comes in at 10 and 1. Boise at nine and two. Boise's only lost two ball games this year. They lost to Oklahoma State early. Game when they, three, right? When they couldn't run the football, Oklahoma yeah. State held them to nothing running the football. They lost to San Diego State because of the same thing. They only had fifty yards rushing against San Diego State. Physical football teams give Utah State fits. Boise's going to run the football. They're going to keep it away from Utah State. 
and they're going to cover the three. I like that. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. Boise doesn't lose often on the blue turf, uh, especially in in high pressure situations. Uh, and this one with the Mountain West West Division on the line. Yeah, I had to think about which one. There's the Mountain Division and the West Division. It's like the Mountain West, Con- whatever. Uh, be like the Southeastern Conference being like the South Conference and the Eastern, you know, <laughs> like whatever. That makes whatever. as much sense as having Missouri in the East. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like the Sun Belt. Like you got Group A and Group B. Like, good gracious. Are the legends and the leaders. Let's talk about the Big Ten. Nebraska at Iowa. Iowa minus 7.5 is the line that I got it. Now, it has moved a lot since I got the line. But I'm still giving you what I got. That's what we do. Iowa minus 7.5, Friday at 11 a.m. on Fox. The metrics that I have got have got Iowa minus 15 here. Iowa is number 6 in total defense, number 7 in yards per play, number 7 in rushing yards per play. If Nebraska can't run the football, Nebraska can't score. Nebraska covered six straight against FBS teams, and they've won four out of the last five. Iowa, however, has covered five of the last six against Nebraska. Nebraska, number 96 in total defense. They're number 79 in yards per play. They can't stop people. So if you don't stop yourself, you're going to be fine. Iowa got back on track last week with a 63 to nothing beatdown of Illinois. They got their confidence back. I think Nate Stanley has a big day. I think that running back core has a big day. I love Iowa here. That bunch, Kirk Ferentz, would love nothing more than to shut up everybody that's talking about Scott Frost. And I think he does it. Seven and a half ain't near enough points. Give me Iowa all day. Kinnick Stadium going to be rocking, baby. Rocking, baby. Number six. I've got Florida, a four-point favorite, covering at Florida State. See, this I is know one of those Florida, I was worried about. <laughs> I know Florida State won last week. Well, and, and Florida State has won like how many in a row over Florida? I mean, it's it's one of those where it's like, okay, you kind of got to show me that you can do this before I'm going to believe you. But Florida State has been awful. They have been a dumpster fire. To say the least. Florida's number 56 in total offense. They're number 29 in total defense. Florida State is over 100 in offense, 101, and number 76 in total defense. And they can't run the football. This is going to be a Waller game (laughs) where they just (laughs) Waller on each other. Nobody's going to be able to score much, but I think Florida covers the four with a touchdown somewhere. I could see that. I can see that. Well, not to mention, the like, Florida, they need this because they might be able to get into a New Year's Six game. Yeah. And how much fun would it be to see UCF and Florida playing a, in a bowl game? <laughs> That'd be some kind of good. Game number six for me, I'm going to go with the Wildcats. I'm going to the Commonwealth. Kentucky minus 18 at Louisville. I think the line has come down a little bit. And why anybody would be betting on Louisville, I have no idea. Like, I love their interim coach. Lorenzo Ward, like that guy. Played at Alabama. Good dude. But this team is complete trash. Just awful. There's a reason Bobby Petrino was let go early in the year. Saturday, 6 p.m. on ESPN2, just in case you want to watch a train wreck. Metrics have got Kentucky minus 20. The road team has covered the last four games in the series. And Kentucky is on the road this week. 
Louisville is 1-10 against the spread this season. They have not covered in six straight games. Kentucky, I understand. They haven't covered in three straight weeks. But it's Louisville. And Louisville sucks. This team is awful. So I'm going against Louisville every week. And I've done it for a little while now. And I felt pretty good about it. So this time I'm actually throwing it in the official picks because Louisville sucks. It is your Louisville sucks game of the week. Kentucky minus 18. Roll with it. Mark Stoops. <laughs> My number seven game, the last one on the on the list. Notre Dame at USC. Traveling to the West Coast, favored by eight. Oh, you got the line early, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you did. I think that line is at like ten now. I don't, got it at eight. Don't think it matters necessarily, but eight's a lot more attractive. Oh me. Southern Cal has lost three ball games this year by more than eight points. And they're about to play the best team on their schedule. They're going to lose by more than eight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, USC can't run the football. And and Notre Dame can play a little defense. A little? A little. <laughs> I mean, Notre Dame can play a lot of defense. Like they, Notre Dame's a good defensive football team. Yeah, I'm down with that. I I like that one a lot. I I think Notre Dame would probably win this one by three touchdowns. Because I, I think it, this is a team that kind of, when they smell blood in the water, it's okay, let's go. And, and they will be focused because, remember, they don't have a conference championship game. They don't have something they got to look for next week. This is it. And this you is win the this last, game? This is the last chance that they have to make an impression. To make an impression on the committee. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Uh, my last game is not nearly as enticing as a Notre Dame-USC game. But if you're in North Carolina, it sounds cool. NC State minus 6.5 at North Carolina. It's Saturday, 11.20 a.m. on the ESPN Extra slash ACC Network Regional whatever crapola game that you got to stream probably. Uh, metrics have got NC State minus 12 in this one. NC State 4-2-1 as a road favorite since 2016. They've covered seven of the last ten against North Carolina. The road team has covered the last four in this series. Again, NC State on the road. And I got a hook at less than a touchdown. NC State, while I have talked crap about them all year, about it, they hadn't played anybody, and blah, 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 blah. Look, they beat up on bad football teams. And do not get it twisted. I understand North Carolina's like 5-5 five and five against the spread this year. North Carolina is a bad football team. This is probably Larry Fedora's last game. I've, that's my guess. Don't think it matters. There is, there is nothing that North Carolina can do to get up enough for this game. Ryan Finley, his last regular season game, he's going to be fired up. He's going to come out slanging it. He is going to slang that thing all over North Carolina. I love the Wolfpack here. At less than a touchdown, give me a break. This is easy. This is easy. NC State minus six and a half is the last one. That's all of them, isn't it? That's it. That is 14 games. We've given you everything that you need to know to be a winner. Go down to Tunica, Mississippi. Put your action in on your favorite game. Go talk to the attendant. Make sure you got the updated line. As always, go over to winningcureseverything.com. Get in the football picks contest over there. When you're done in the football picks contest, go to tunicatravel.com. They got a thing where you can sign up and win a free road trip. Kind of awesome. 
So, tunicatravel.com, winningcureseverything.com. We're going to close out today's show with Chris giving you his picks from Walt Disney World. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You can follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551-226-9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Le Bonheur's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.